All right, we had a little problem uh, with the phones on our end. We've straightened that out. As so though we welcome in the Congressman of the First Congressional. Uh, his name is Nick Lota, and nice enough to give us a couple of busy morning for him here on this Friday. Congressman, we got you, and we thank you. How you been, all right? Good morning, Jay Oliver. It's, uh, it's good to be on with you. It's good to be back on Long Island. I spent this weekend in Washington, D.C., but I'm ready to have a good conversation with you, my friend. Nice double espresso in my hand. I'm looking forward to talking about the issues that Long Island cares most about. I am jealous of you because I don't start that until uh, 9 o'clock this morning. But that's okay. Um, You know, I got to tell you, there's so much going on here. I don't even know what to begin with. Why don't we we begin with our old friend there, Mr. Mayorkas? Because, uh, you know, he deserves it. I think it was the right thing to do. A lot of people say it's a complete waste of time. Uh, I don't feel that way. I think you have to continue to highlight uh, his uh, constant faux pas in putting the American people at risk. Uh, and, uh, and listen, it's a valiant effort. We know the the end game will not prove to be uh, that of complete expulsion. But with that being said, uh, you know, it's just another another case of uh, of evidence of what's happening in this world. I don't think it's hyperbole or just political rhetoric, Jay, to say that Alejandro Mayorkas is the worst cabinet secretary in our nation's history. He's done more damage to America than any other cabinet secretary in our nation's history. For more than three years, he has presided over an open border by design, intentionally and systematically, willfully ignored the rules and laws of our country. First off, his boss, the president, repealed Remain in Mexico, ceased border wall construction, authorized mass parole into the country. They have willfully and intentionally created a system by which if you merely show up to the border and you feign asylum, you say the right 10 or 20 words, they will ship you into the country. By the way, first they're going to give you a nice pair of Crocs, a sweatsuit, a couple of meals, and they're going to find themselves in places like New York City where they're going to get gift cards, hotels, and health care. It's an entire system, Jay, set up to subvert our nation's legal immigration laws. Nobody's ever tried this before. They are trying it. They are executing it now for three years, the result of which is about 10 million people who have been able to subvert the immigration laws coming to our country. And by the way, there's, there's no plan to absorb them. There's not like payrolls to put them on. There's not communities to assimilate them into. This is just a free-for-all that has been chaos here in new york we've seen the migrant crisis cause damage even democrat new york city mayor eric adams say is destroying the city this isn't just republican rhetoric everybody knows citizens know republicans democrats independents know this is damaging to our country i went to washington jay to help people accountable among many other things and when i see this president when i see secretary mayorkas execute things that are dangerous to this country and we're talking fentanyl we're talking crimes we're talking drugs coming into this country and of course we have to say jay not everybody is a criminal not everybody's a rapist not everybody's a drug dealer but when you let 10 million people in that are totally unvetted you have no idea what you're getting and house acted properly with my support we impeach mayorkas and we'll see what the senate does i'm not going to say it's a done deal the senate absolutely will hold them accountable but they have to be able to stand for their own work in the Senate 
There'll be a trial. There'll be discussions about what Mayorkas and, and his folks have done. And I hope there's going to be accountability on that, Jay. Well, you know, we've got the two worst senators in the country uh, representing us, you know. Uh, and that being uh, Mr. Schumer and Ms. Uh, What's-Her-Name. I always forget the name because she doesn't do anything. Oh, that's who it is. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Gillibrand. Uh, they don't do a darn thing. And Chuck Schumer, I don't know how he looks himself in the mirror. To see all this uh, stuff going on here and to not recognize uh, that lives are in danger. You know, not to mention, uh, Congressman, you know, the gang uh, uptick is quite evident in New York, especially in the city. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you had undocumented beat up a couple of cops. Look at the Venezuelan gang, uh, how they have uh, facilitated themselves, now working in conjunction uh, with MS-13, cell phones and everything else uh, being stolen left and right, right on our very own streets here by people who are not documented. Uh, and that's very troubling to me. You know, everything you said about Mayorkas is true. We've been sounding off for years on this. Uh, this guy should have been let go a long time ago. He's the worst, absolutely the worst. But not to be recognized uh, by individuals because they are holding on to the party mantra is, is an absolute disgrace, an absolute disgrace. It's, it's sad, uh, you know, in the Navy, I saw ship captains relieved from their duty for having done far less than what Mayorkas has done for this country. You know, we need to hold folks accountable. We need to hold our own accountable uh, from, from, you know, from time to time. It's, it's right to remove this person from this job and send a clear signal to the administration. The American people are watching. We demand better. We deserve better. And we need to be safer as a country, Jay. Have, have you ever seen a worse cabinet in your life? It's like the Keystone Cops, Jennifer Granholm, Pete Buttigieg, uh, the Secretary of Defense who goes AWOL. I'm glad he's on the mend, but my goodness. Can you imagine nobody nobody being told of his whereabouts for two weeks in January, folks, with all that's going on, Lloyd Austin? I mean, you go on, you can go on and on down the line here. It's just one after the other. Uh, it's just complete incompetency like we have never seen in the history of America, ever. Uh, talking with the Congressman Nick LaLota. Um, the salt stuff, you know, seems to be kind of a carbon copy uh, all of the time, Congressman. It dies on the vine. Uh, I, I don't understand it. You know, you, everybody wants to couple bills and everything else. Ukraine, Israel, border bill and everything else. I, listen, this should be in the mix without question. This will help Long Islanders beyond belief, the 10,000 to 20,000, everything else, the cap folks, married individuals and whatnot. Why does this is it be, you know, I had somebody on the other day and it made, maybe it makes sense. There's such vitriol for the former president. Of course, he's associated with all the tax cuts. So, you know what? We're not going to give in here. Maybe that just uh, is another sign of, of complete negativity towards Trump. So people often ask me, Jay, what's my biggest surprise in Washington? What's, what surprises me the most about serving Congress in this new uh, job that I have? And to me, it's yeah. the ability for folks in Washington to be so insincere with how they offer an argument. And before I get into that, let, let's just take a, take a step back as to why SALT is so important. SALT is so important right. because our state has the dubious distinction of being the highest tax state in the nation. Again, not hyperbole, not rhetoric. You can look it up, go on, go on Google, and you can see that 
New York at roughly 11% has the highest combined property uh, sales and income taxes in the entire country. The worst. And by the way, a population roughly the same size as Florida, yet our state government spends twice as much. And folks are fleeing for Florida for that reason. So with the backdrop of Albany's high taxes, Albany's unfunded mandates on local governments that drives our, uh, our taxes up, one thing that we need to do is get better folks in Albany to ensure that we decrease state spending, that we cut taxes, and we get ourselves off of that list of being the highest tax, tax state in the nation. And while we're aiming to do that, concurrently, the federal government and guys like me have a responsibility to ensure that we get some tax relief, too. And the best way to do that is through a higher cap on the sole deduction or to eliminate the cap altogether. And to the insincerity part, Jay, I've heard my colleagues yeah. on the other side of the aisle bemoan on how terrible it was for the 2017 tax bill to place a cap on, on, the, on the SALT deduction. That it used to be unlimited, but the 2017 bill capped at $10,000 for individuals. And I've heard them for years, even before I got to Congress, tell me how terrible it was that that was done. So when we got to Congress, me, Diaz, Pizzito, Gabrino, Lawler, we led, we've been leading the fight on at least increasing the cap. I can tell you this, there, there's a backdrop throughout the, the, the country where they don't like, and this is a lot of colleagues from my side of the aisle, don't like the SALT uh, deduction. They don't think it's right in their minds that other states have to subsidize New York's largesse. If Albany can't get their act together and keeps on spending and taxing, their rationale, Jay, is why should other states have to subsidize that largesse? And I have a small amount of sympathy for that, but what I offer them is that New York State sends way more to Washington in tax dollars than it gets back. We have the fifth worst yep. return on tax investment in the entire country, and some of those red state colleagues I have are way at the top of the list. Every dollar they're sending to Washington, they're getting like a buck fifty or $2 back. So we balance that argument off nicely, but nevertheless, they don't like the program. But Democrats have no have supposedly had no issues over the years. They think that you know the higher the salt cap, the better, or even no cap is good. And that's what they've said. And yet this week on the floor of the House, we had a bill. Again, me, Garbino, Diaz-Pazito, Waller led the way. A bill that would do a simple yeah. thing, would remove the marriage penalty. It would create a new floor for salt and give some families some more relief. And guess what? Despite all their calls over the last month about uh, months about dysfunction in Washington and there needs to be more bipartisanship we need more things done despite all of that mm -hmm. rhetoric by House Democrats, every single one of them, including 14 House Democrats from New York, voted to block the bill from even being debated or coming to the floor, Jay. That's what's wrong with Washington. Damn it, we had a bill on the that could have made it to the floor. And by the way, to be fair, 18 of my colleagues also blocked it. But every other Republican, 185 or so, voted yes. But every single Democrat and about 18 House Republicans blocked it from coming to the floor. That's what's wrong with Washington, Jay, is people who are supposedly in favor of something like salt won't even let it get to the floor. And I know that politics are at play here, and it's costing New York constituents every day, Jay. It's disgusting. It's like an endless merry-go-round, Nick, I'm telling you. Uh, you know what? It's it's got to change. Something's got to change. Um, you know, you you. What do we do here? Isn't the thing supposed to expire next year? Do we wait until next year? 
Um, it, it, it seems to me it's the government's fault here. It really is. And as you mentioned, New York pays its fair share, but my goodness, uh, you got to wonder when all this stops. When does this merry-go-round uh, end? Uh, I, it's, hard, it's hard for me to comprehend. It really is. It's difficult. You know, I, I went to Washington to solve complex problems, um, but you got to work with people. You got to get a majority of 435 people to agree with you. Uh, on the way to help with solving those problems. That takes relationships. Sometimes that takes time. I want to give Speaker Johnson some credit on this. He stuck his neck out knowing that a lot of the conference, a lot of Republicans don't like the idea of SALT. Nevertheless, he gave us the opportunity to get our bills through the Republican-led Rules Committee, and he allowed it to get to the point where members could vote to advance it on the floor. So, you know, we've used our leverage to get this thing uh, further than it's been in quite some time, but we're going to need some folks from the other side of the aisle to be sincere about their approach on SALT um, and stop playing politics with folks' folks tax money. And what happens, I'm just curious, a derivative of this is the schools and the taxes uh, and everything else. I mean, can, can these districts you know, raise the numbers uh, with no restraint involved based on all this? Isn't this kind of part of the equation or no? Um, what I think is a bigger part of the equation, Jay, is the state aid, of which Kathy Hochul yeah. is threatening to cut state aid from 44 Long Island school districts, concurrent with giving migrants in New York City $2.4 billion extra dollars for housing and health care. Totally wrong. Totally does not represent our suburban values. I've called on this. Ed Flood in the Assembly has been a leader leading the charge on holding this government yeah. accountable and trying to ensure that she is has a more fair, more just, more, uh, in their term, equitable approach on how we spend our state money, why we would give money to people who don't have legal status ahead of those young folks on Long Island who need to be educated. It's one of the things we're so proud about on Long Island is our education system. It's one of the things for families contemplating whether or not they're going to leave for the Carolinas, uh, Texas, Florida. One of the things that keeps families here is our strong public school system. And for Kathy Hochul to propose cutting from 44 school districts concurrent with giving migrants $2.4 billion for health care and housing and hotels, to me, is abhorrent and it, it, it lacks an understanding of where our values and our government ought to be, Jack. No question. Nick Belotta with us. A couple of minutes. Let's get into... Uh... The uh, special election Tuesday, uh, listen, we knew it was going to be close. Uh, it was going to be a, uh, a battle uh, beyond. Mazzy uh, had, had a great fight. I don't think it was I don't think it was a well-done campaign at all, Congressman, uh, for a lot of reasons. But uh, the weather, did it play a role? We had a snowstorm. Uh, that did, I think. Uh, but also, I, I think they, maybe it's a wake-up call. Maybe it's a wake-up call that, uh, you know, things, when they appear to be a slam dunk, it's not always. You know, I think the focus at the border was a good thing, but seemed to be the only thing. Uh, and uh, and quite frankly, uh, a lot of people supported Swazi, especially in the Queens area. I want to say first off, Jay, that I have absolutely zero regrets for having helped lead the charge to expel George Santos from Congress. Uh, George Santos belongs in federal prison, and I'm sure that will be coming soon. 
and expelling him uh, was necessary to help raise a minimum bar in Congress. And as we fight to hold President Biden and Secretary Mayorkas accountable, it's imperative that we have our own house in order. So on the outset, I want to make sure I'm crystal clear on George Santos's expulsion uh, was deserved, and there's no regrets for folks like me who helped lead the charge. On the race specifically, yeah, when, when you lose the race by eight or nine points, first off, of course, disappointing. Uh, second off, it, there's probably a couple of things that you can point to when you lose a race by eight or nine points. You know, for the snow, I want to say this too. I, you, know, you know me, Jay, I was the elections commissioner in Suffolk County for seven years. I have some decent experience with the electoral process and the mechanics behind it. Mm -hmm. We Republicans, many of us, are averse to voting on absentee or early voting. And I I know there's a decent amount of skepticism with the absentee ballots and some fraud that might be in the absentee ballots. But I'll say this. As long as those laws exist, we should take advantage of them legally, by the way, take advantage of them just the same way that folks throughout the rest of the state do. We should not be afraid to encourage seniors, kids in college, others to vote absentee or early. Where those processes exist, we should take advantage of them. Culturally, however, Jay, Republicans are still not there yet. We still often want to wait until Election Day to cast our ballot on a machine. And when the, the, the biggest challenge with that is when you have a huge snowstorm that keeps people in their homes, you're going to miss out on a lot of So... It's not entirely to explain for the eight or nine point loss uh, that we had, but if we can break that culture and encourage more people to vote early and or absentee when it's legal, then I think that we won't leave ourselves susceptible towards a weather event or another thing that happens on special election day. I'll also say this. Swazi's name was universally known. He was a member of Congress in much of that district for I think it was eight years. He was the county executive. He's run for office numerous times. Everybody knew Swazi's name. And while Mazi, our candidate, has a great story, a great background of having been born in Ethiopia, fled uh, persecution to ultimately serve in the Israeli Defense Forces, and then legally immigrate to the United States and serve in our government here, where as a county legislator, she hired more cops and she froze taxes. That was a great story. Swazi's name was universally known. And we had to build in just a short, compressed 75 days of total awareness in this big district while the Swazi team outspent us by about $5 million. So you know, yeah. getting her to the yeah. point where, where, where her name was known as much as Swazi was proved difficult. And, uh, but this is a seat we're going to continue to keep our eyes on. We're going to try to get back. Well, it's one of these swing seats in New York that we need, Jay. Listen, uh, hopefully you'll work together. I guess people have short memories. Uh, you know, you go back uh, 15 years. I mean, they ousted him in Nassau because of the taxes. He left his seat to uh, give it to that uh, that phony uh, in Santos. Uh, not only that, he, he only gained 12% of the vote against Hochul in the primary. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's me, but people have short memories. Hey, final thought here. The redistricting and everything else – uh, you know, when when is it ever going to stop? You know, like uh, like we discussed uh, uh, prior with everything regarding salt. When does this nonsense start? Uh, stop as far as the congressional maps and everything else with the IRC. I mean, there's such confusion. 
uh, such chaos to begin with. And to put it upon the folks uh, with all this calculation and power grabbing going on, uh, in all all to get political gain, it's such a misjustice. It's it's just I don't even know what to say anymore regarding the partisan playing of games all the time. It's absolutely ridiculous. So House Republicans won six seats in 2022 that President Biden carried in 2020, including my own. President Biden carried what uh, is my district by 0.2%. Anthony Diaz-Pazito's President Biden won by 14.5%. And we won six of these districts statewide because we campaigned on issues about accountability, about the border, about the budget, about national security. We campaigned on the issues. And subsequent to winning those districts, Jay, the state Democrats sued to draw the lines again. So they could have bigger advantages, so those districts could become more blue, so that they could try to win that way. And, and to your point, how unfair is that to people? And how unfair is that to our governance? If, if you want to win races, change your stances on the issues that are plaguing you. You know, in New York State, things like bail reform and clean state and sanctuary cities are what are driving a lot of independent voters towards Republicans. Now, I'll give, I'll give Tom Swazi this. Tom Swazi was the first Democrat to pivot. He was the first Democrat to campaign on he could be part of a solution on border security. Now, it remains to be seen in the next eight, nine months whether or not he's going to vote in accordance with how he campaigned, but he at least yeah. acknowledged there's an issue, distanced himself from, the, from President Biden, and offered that he might be part of a solution. Now, I think if you're, if you're going to win a campaign, you should win it on the issues and not some sort of gerrymandered approach just to draw lines, to have fait complete results, and keep the same issues uh, and the same policies that are frustrating so many New Yorkers, Jay. No question about it. Congressman Nick Lalota of the uh, first congressional. Um, sir, always great having you. Great to end the week with you, too. And enjoy the rest of that espresso, a double one. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. How's that? Enjoy your weekend. God bless, my friend. Good to chat with you this morning.